Today's podcast episode is a duo episode and I have the lovely Anna Rossi from Anna Rossi Jewelry joining me on the podcast. Um, We are Instagram friends. We always are in the DMs chatting about food and where to go and places to eat and mostly disastrous meals when we go out. But anyway, I thought I would bring her on the show because she's a foodie and just because she doesn't have a food page doesn't mean that she is not a foodie. Um, I thought we would just chat a little bit about Melbourne. She's from Melbourne. I'm from Sydney. And I thought I would be like, you know what? I want to go to Melbourne one day and I want to know where to go to eat. Like where is the good food? Not only the ones that we just see on Instagram, but the goodies and the gems. So I thought I would ask Anna, I will hopefully add all of the restaurants that she mentioned in the show notes, but if there's anything that we didn't talk about or you can't find the links or you're not sure on the name, pause, rewind, or reach out to us. Um, but anyway, let's get into it. Hello and welcome to The Woo in Food. I am your host, Marilyn Rosano, and I help women in small business create flow in meal planning, routines, and small business strategies with ease by taking the overwhelm and thinking out of the no-time juggle. We're on. We're on. Hello. Yes. We had the best tech issues, hands down. I just love it. I love it for us. <laughs> Don't have sorry. to say sorry. Honestly, this shit does not work half the time. When you want it to work, it doesn't work. So if the internet cuts out or something, we just jump back on. It doesn't matter. Like okay. we're not, I'm not professional here, clearly. Hello. Roll, roll with that. Thanks for coming on. Well, I'm wearing Anna Rossi jewellery as per usual. Um, so anyone watching this on YouTube, do you want to let people know what, what are these earrings? I love them. You probably don't even have them in stock and people are going to like hate you for not having them in stock. No, I've got them. I've got them. They are pendant hoops um, and they come in gold or like a dark gunmetal colour, kind of similar to the colour that I put around my neck. You rock the gunmetal. I feel like... It's because you've got beautiful blonde hair and that olive skin, whereas I feel like I cheapen it. I used to feel the same about me. I would not touch silver in the last 10 years, but I don't know. I've been really having fun with, I've been having fun with it. Yeah, yeah. And my necklace, we're not matching. Hang on. Very similar. What am I wearing? I don't think you've got this anymore. Do you? Yeah, yeah, we got it. We got it. Yeah, that's the flat T-bar chain. Love it. I love this. Thank you. What have you got on? I've got on the um, Lock It Up chain in gunmetal, which also comes in uh, gold as well, and a matching bracelet. I feel like you're selling this gunmetal necklace to me. I need to buy it. All right, Anna, do you want to let people know who you are, what you do, and, yeah, just a little bit about you? Okay. Um, who am I? I'm, I'm Anna Rossi. Um, I'm from Melbourne. I grew up here. My background is obviously Italian with a name like Rossi. Mm-hmm. Um, I have my own jewellery business. Um, I work from home. I, um, yeah, I love, I love what I do. It's still so beautiful to have, you know, great interactions with people and, um, you know, just something to brighten their day. Like I get so many DMs of people just, like not okay um 
interesting but yeah you know it's, it's nice to still be able to kind of you know fill people's up a bit and yeah it's good no I love that what did you do before you did the jewelry business because you were were you corporate no god I'd be fired instantly um no I worked my last job was at Mecca so oh. I managed um, which was incredible incredible training like great company um and then before that I was in the fashion industry for 20 my last gig was Scanlon Theodore um again great training like hardcore. working in the actual retail stores or in head off like you know in the retail yep um, I managed most of their Melbourne stores, which was great. Um, I love that brand. They just, oh. I know. stuff is just timeless, on-trend but timeless and gorgeous, great quality. I just need to lose about 15 kilos to really know <laughs> all this stuff. Sizing was a thing, but, yeah, what they do is, is amazing and I remember being a little girl and kind of like looking at the shop windows just being like oh my god and I still feel the same like if you buy the right pieces in there like you're set you're set you just don't need to shop you just get good to go yeah I know I reached out to you and I was like can you would you like to come on the podcast you're like what why but you know what? I really love chatting with people that I actually chat in my DMs with because I feel like we're friends. And my husband's always like, "Who the fuck are these people?" Random. <laughs> I'm like, you know, my friend Anna from Melbourne. He's like, I don't know who the fuck you're talking. <laughs> but I just love it because I feel like I, I, we get along. Like, well, we we do. We get along online. We have a good laugh. And I thought it's just so nice and comfortable and we can jump on. We always talk about food, where to go, what to eat. We're actually usually bitch about how bad the food, our food experiences are. I think that's what you and I do and do really, really well. And I thought, fuck it, she's from Melbourne, food capital. I'm going to get her on. And just before the show, I was like, I actually need to give her a heads up that I want to ask her about places to go to in Melbourne because every time someone asks me, where should we go? I'm like, I don't know. You can't put me on the spot. <laughs> so I thought like Melbourne can probably do no wrong with food. I feel like if you go to a servo, you and if anyone's an international listener, servo means service station where you get petrol, you could even get a good coffee from there. Like it is epic. But the food, I don't know. Have you felt like it gets better or do you feel like, because I, I think with Sydney, since COVID and I know it's so hard with staff and all that but I feel like a lot of places have really gone downhill yeah look I think um I mean in Victoria certainly because we were basically locked down for two years so many people pissed off went back overseas went home there's no staff chefs are getting paid like premium wages because there's no one to work there's no kitchen hands um I assume it's probably the same in New South Wales, the cost of um, food is just crazy. I got a takeaway. It sounds so organic, but I got a takeaway for Katja from an incredibly beautiful place on the weekend. Twenty-two bucks for a takeaway sandwich. We also got a takeaway Lamington from another place. Gorgeous, amazing ingredients, beautifully made, stunning. But like ten dollars for a takeaway Lamington, like it's 
you know, that was the option to go out and have a cheaper, like we were like, we won't go out for breakfast, let's not waste money, we'll just grab some takeaway bits. And I'm like, whoa. <laughs> so, yeah, I feel like the quality, um, I guess the places has gone down because of these factors. They can't get the right staff and, and cost of everything is so expensive. Oh, no, it's such a joke. That's what I was even saying. And I think, you know, because if you can cook, it's also, you know, a bit, not, not that I don't go out trying to pick at stuff, but I just think like sometimes when I'm eating something, I'm like, this has no salt, like at all. It's not even seasoned. I'm like, how, and, and like 38 bucks for a pasta sometimes. I'm like, that's just not. Risotto, <laughs> saffron. Oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> I know. It's just like fucking play-doh or something but where is your like favorite place to go to in melbourne so i'm coming to melbourne let's just say i'm coming which i'm going to um where would you be like marilyn you have to have let's start with brunch let's start with brunch spots okay so for brunch i look brunch would be my least favorite um meal but I would say if you haven't been to Hector's for a takeaway toasty I've saved that I was actually going to ask you does it live up to its yeah um I think certain sandwiches that they do do their pastrami which is not my thing but their pastrami toasty I couldn't fault it like everything is like a Reuben is that like a Reuben but they do their own twist on it yeah but everything like the, the crunch was perfect the mustard was perfect like it was stunning um that would be probably where i go for brunch or even terra twilight in fitzroy's quite fun or um florian in carlton is gorgeous they have a slightly um scandinavian twist on their breakfast what's what's a scandy twist to food i mean i know their homes and furniture i don't know what's their what's their food like well, I think that one thing that the Scandinavians do, I think, is they do everything well. They really do. It's such a polished country. Everything they do is well done. But they do like almost like a ploughman's lunch breakfast. I love that. Yeah. I, you know, it takes a lot to inspire me to go out for eggs of any description. And I love eggs. But they do everything's a little bit left of centre without being try hard. Like it's my girlfriend recently went to Melbourne and she said that she noticed, and again, this was more like city Melbourne. Um, she's like, and again, probably to go out as a foodie brunch and breakfast is the least, I just feel like they either do well or they don't. And then, or they fuck the eggs up. They overcook them. Yeah. Like anyway, but she said that she found like a lot of the menus, like it's, pretty much the same sort of things on the menu if that makes sense like your blue swimmer crab something like it's just very it's like bougie but not like it's just the same I don't know a hundred percent yeah yeah which I think it's a bit I don't know yeah there's there's actually there's a couple of something else that I think we've got that's quite good in Melbourne we have a couple of really beautiful Japanese breakfast places um okonomiyaki like or something they do that do they do that more for breakfast? I heard that they do that. Yeah. You can even go and get like, I don't know, they almost do like a brento box kind of breakfast thing, which is really fun, or like a, a Japanese kind of porridge. 
I know it's a little bit more inspiring than you know, yeah, especially if it's kind of tipping over more to that lunchtime where yeah. you don't really feel like eggs or you like, yeah, like your poached eggs with hollandaise sauce and all that kind of stuff. But you want, yeah, I know what you mean. Where is there any that you can like recommend? Um, well, I would say Florian um, and Terra Twilight both do like, you know, and, you know, you can get pancakes and waffles, but they're a little bit quirky, but they get it right. I can't eat the sweet breakfast. Can you? Like when my friend's like, oh, I feel like pancakes. I'm like, no, I'm not 12. I just don't. No, I don't. No, breakfast is pretty low on my agenda. That's like even when I try to be like, okay, people are like, how can I make breakfast in advance? I'm like, obviously, like you could do your overnight soaked oats. I just don't wake up going, I want oats. I want something sweet. I'm just... No, 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 no. Are you you seeing that wheat bix trend, the soaked wheat bix trend? Not in the loop, my friend, with that. I just. Well, let me tell you, I, they, they must soak the wheat bix. And I just thought soggy wheat bix base. And then they do like a Snickers version. And I'm like, yeah, no. Probably not for me. No. Good idea. All right, lunch. Let's go on to lunch. You're in town. I'm in town. I want lunch. I want something. Let me give me some options. I'd love a Japanese option maybe or like something that just does it well. Like I even, I know I I feel like in Sydney, Top Tears is like the latest thing and they do it well. It's just, you know, your cold meats and your pastas and your sides like plenty of little, like little side dishes love that or fresh um i would say my favorite this can be lunch or dinner restaurant in melbourne would be osteria Ilaria. oh never heard of that so the same people own a place called tipo okay uh and they they're in i think flinders Lane or little collins in the city just unreal what do like, i order Tell me, what do I order? Um, what do you order? Well, I haven't been since pre-lockdown, so I'm tipping that your menu's probably changed. But every share plates, but everything that we had, you just were like, what have they done? Like, what is this? This is so amazing. Every mouthful, I was like, oh, and the cocktails were like so fresh and clean and beautiful fit out. It's cool, but not wanky. Um, yeah, yeah Sini, like lots of the big I feel like that there's a lot of those restaurants here that are um, or you get your DDs there like you just yeah. I'm just like oh and, and you know what I've also noticed that a lot of people want that chill bar vibe so they sort of portray that on social media and then when I get there and I'm like yeah ran through yeah it's fun. no it's very chilled out in there Love that. Um, yeah, it's amazing. Um, so a Japanese lunch, it's out of the city, but Bounty of the Sun is um, a Japanese restaurant. You just go and you have the best time. You feel a bit like when you're in there, you're in Seminyak, when Seminyak was good. Yeah. Like you're, you're overseas, there's this like really fun vibe. The playlist's amazing. They just do really fun like um, Japanese food. Um, where else would I take you for lunch? 
Napier Quarter okay. in, in Fitzroy is a tiny little like get your prosciutto, your little bit of bread, bit of pate, oh. pickle. They have three things on the menu. Like it's it's really simplistic. But sometimes I like the less. Like just give me less options and I'll have one of all or like with friends, share them or just nail it. I've been following. I mean, I'm not big on TikTok at all. Like I honestly feel like a geriatric on there. But um, um, but I, I follow this guy and I don't even know his name, to be honest, but he literally works in a deli in Italy and he like glad wraps his phone, puts it in front of the table that he works on and he just films himself make these sandwiches. But I'm just like mesmerized because I'm like, why does no one really do that here and well? Like just a cute deli. But sometimes I look at them and I'm like, that's a hard Italian bread with just provolone and prosciutto. It's a bit dry. Come on. I don't know. My dad is Italian. He's the same. Like how? Dry. We, we were in Italy a couple of weeks ago. Panini with prosciutto, maybe some bocconcini. Euro 50. Best thing you'll ever eat in your life. You'll be screaming the house down. It's like, how can we not? replicate that really well here there's places that do it but would you send someone there to have that particular panini probably not no no and I feel like uh cold meats I mean I swear to god there's like primo stickers on that stuff like (laughs) also talking about you're probably looking at a 16 dollar panini because it's bougie right and I'm like can you just do things simple but just well um and I even know like when they slice the mortadella I'm like that's too pale that's not from Italy that's Devon (laughs) am I wrong or am I right come on like I'm I'm, while you're saying this I'm trying to think of where I'd go to get a really great um like Italian panini and I'm not there's nowhere I'm sending you is there um what about places just on not in Melbourne CBD maybe just a little bit out or you're not really you don't branch out too much there I do I tend to branch out more than I branch in to be honest well yeah I feel like because I mean with Sydney um as well like I feel like when you go out west there's some really good gems um and now especially like there's more opening up out west because People just can't be asked going into town, like with the shit parking and the effort and the price. I mean, you know, the prices and lots of people are moving out because they just can't afford it. And there's a need and want for it. And sometimes with different multicultural um, ethnicities, like you get some really good, like some of my friends in Queensland will message me and they're like, oh, I saw this like barmy place in the city. Like, like, no. If I'm going to go for a bar meet, I've got one down the road. I've got another one in Cabramatta. They're the places that you're going to get the yeah. good stuff. Yeah, totally. There's there's lots of great food out. It's just I guess you go to the city for that dining yeah, experience. that dining experience for sure. Any out that you would recommend? Yes, one that's something I was thinking about earlier today. There's a bakery. Um, I live in an area where it's a really a strong Jewish community, and um, so it's been really interesting getting to know their food and their culture. I even, I mean, I've interviewed a couple of Jews, and they're just like, ah, yeah, our food's not <laughs> like 
stand out ish food like it's just humble is am I wrong I'm still trying to figure that out because there seems to be um I feel like there's both there's this Jewish community that have like an eye for fruit like nothing else like they're where they go and what they eat is so premium. But then I've had dinner at people's houses where I've been like, oh, my God, like what is that? I went to a dinner party a few weeks ago and um, the entree was a, a round piece of eggplant, just grilled, no oil or anything inside, just a cold grilled piece of eggplant with half a boiled egg on top. Oof, it was <laughs> like... You eat it? Yeah, yeah, I had everything. But, you know, like it was quite strange. But then, yeah, I don't know, there's definitely a community that have a really strong food culture. That Maybe they're more the um, the ones that are like more connected to their like Israeli roots, you know, that has that M- Middle Eastern-y kind of exactly. um, palette to their, yeah. They, um, I don't even, I suppose it is a bakery, but that doesn't sound very nice fancy but it's like a really kind of bougie uh, Jewish bakery out near me called Zelda which is absolutely worth the drive there it's vegetarian so that's like not a draw card for me at all uh and everything that they have is like something that I wouldn't necessarily order like they use veggies that don't really interest me like cauliflower and broccoli things that I'm like "Mm, would I pick broccoli or broccoli probably not would I pick no, like they're not, but every single thing that they do is like an 11. I'm like, what is this? Must be the spices, spices, spices. herbs, something. Quality of pastry, um, like it, it is extraordinary. And you go there and it doesn't matter if it's 8 a.m. or 6 p.m. They open three days a week. There is a queue for the entire day. But do they have food? Because this is what pisses me off as well. Like sometimes I'll see, I, I think, I was following an, a, a food blogger and they recommended this um, bakery in the inner West. And I can't remember the name now. Cause I've just like, like, I've just, I'm like, I'm just not going back there. And it was not even midday. And they're like sold out. Like we just started. I'm like, there's people around fucking make more. What is wrong with you people? I suppose they're just like, we hit a budget and we don't care. I don't know. Maybe I'm not sure, but that really irritates me. <laughs> I look, I've never been there when it's been sold out, but I would absolutely recommend going. Ooh, I always follow your typical, like your Beatrix, your Loon. Is that just something that you're like, oh, you know, that's, you know, they're good, but there's better sort of thing? Um, Loon is pretty extraordinary just as a business to even look at, just for space. And I think what they do, they do really well. Beatrix too, it's cute, it's quirky. They're delicious. Can you get better cakes? Probably. Yeah. But they're they're still good. But yeah. There's there's always, yeah. And I I feel like, and this is not just about them uh, directly, but I was even chatting um, with someone yesterday for the podcast. We're just talking about like social media and this like how it's this image and you paint this picture and, um so many times you fall in love with a particular brand whether it's like jewelry and then you get it and you're just like what is the fucking fuss like how I mean you know I just feel like sometimes social media just puts on this portrayal and then I don't know I just yeah 
you just it doesn't nail it when you get it no it doesn't nail it when you get it and I just think people have different standards um and yeah. we're so accustomed and I know that you're like in an e-com business do you feel like everyone just sort of um we're just so used to seeing sale and discounts that no one actually gives a shit when you go on sale or they just expect it to be on sale all the time yeah, it's funny because I've only had um, I've only had a website for about a year, not even, and I used to run my business from my DM folder. And you know, every now and again, I'll be like, oh, I should have a sale online, and my head automatically thinks that will really drive sales, and it actually doesn't anymore. Like the last three that I've had, I have the same amount of sales as I would on a normal day, pretty much. Um, I. I- yeah, it's very interesting. You know what, though? I actually think that um, it's really interesting that you said that about DMs. And I definitely feel that that's where all the nurturing happens. And it's really interesting that you said that you built, you know, the foundations of your business based sort of like in your DMs folder and stuff, because I think that that's where you build a connection with the person, not just, you know, it makes you part of the brand, not just the jewellery. I just think that it's nice. It creates that friendship sort of thing. I mean, because even sometimes like I will feel comfortable to reach out to you and be like, hey, I love these. Do you have them in stock? You're like, yeah. And I could easily just click on the link and go have a look, but I just feel like it's nice. And it's, you know, I don't know. Yeah, it's better. It just, um, like I still love, as I said at the start, I love the interactions. And if I could have, I would have kept running the whole business from my DM folder. But it just, when the business would peak, it would just get completely out of hand. Like, you know, I could DMs in a day. So to get through those DMs was like, by the end of it, I was like, it would take weeks, months. Um, But, yeah, I, you know, I still try to keep that part of the business really open. And I guess, you know, that's how we met. Um, And we haven't even met. We haven't met. Well, I know you. We're friends. We're, we're cyber friends. Oh, my God. It's so weird. It's like those online dating people that I'm like, who the fuck meets someone online? I, I fucking do. Not for dating, but. Literally. Yeah. No. Yeah, I don't know. The whole sale thing is funny. I don't know. I'm still trying to figure it out. Yeah. So do you do you feel like a lot of your business weighs heavily still on DMs? as well no I'm gonna say like maybe 25 percent yeah um you just set up a page like your your jewelry page and then start posting stuff and then people would reach out or is that how it kind of started I just would post pictures and then people would dm me and be like hey I'd like to buy that and I'd send it off and yeah through um it kind of grew from there and now it's taken a lot of work out the website because it just kind of tips over itself but you don't feel you don't have that sense of control the way you did with your dm folder like hey marilyn um hope you had a great weekend with the snow are you still thinking about those earrings um i did and it's really similar i thought i could show you you know you don't have that with your website you, you know you lose that personal touch but how do you not have a website in 2022 I think it's just good to then like nurture people, like chat with them in the DM and then just be like, look, here's the link and you could just buy it. You have a credit card, you have like, it just does, takes the bulk off it. But 
Yeah. I'm currently switching over from Shopify to WordPress and it is a, yeah, but I think cause I've mainly kind of gone down the like, you know, recipes and blog, like, you know, that kind of avenue more than the e-com um, which you can still sell on WordPress, but I just feel, oh my gosh, like it's new territory. It's just a bit freaks me out a bit technology and all that, but fuck man, how do you not? <laughs> Uh, yeah, you have to, and yeah, it has its pros and cons. But I still think there's nothing better than like you know having like a one-on-one cooking class with you know someone yeah. or a group of men or whatever. Um, or you know, I have people come and, and shop here, and they just have the best time. You can't beat it. You can't compare it to sitting on your phone and putting things in a cart. So you know, no, it just takes the. Um... Yes, it those person ability to be away from things, but you just need it. But um, all right, let's go out for dinner now. You and I want to go out for dinner. Um, not fancy like okay, you could give like a really nice dining experience, but then also like, hey, I'm just actually hungry and I want a really good, like nice feed, but that I could wear like jeans, heels, something cute. Um, where are we going? Um, old Palm Sugar, I've just gone blank on the name. Old Palm Liquor, sorry. Old Palm Liquor, mm-hmm. so that's a uh, in It's in Brunswick. Um, I ate there a few months ago and, again, every single dish. And the menu didn't excite me. I was like, mm, like there was nothing that, like, grabbed you, like, that was obvious, like, I don't know, pork belly or scallops or something is dark pancakes where you're like, yeah, yum, you know, really obviously yum. Everything was really subtle, um, but every dish was so amazing. You have to go. Yum. Really, really great. And lots of these places, I guess, what I like about them, they have an Instagram presence, but they're not. it's not so, like, formula, like, you know, all the big, I don't big restaurants there's like this real formula to their instagram they don't really give a shit about that their instagrams are almost a bit naff because like it's just not what it's about um because they don't have someone managing it you know just you know it's just a bit more authentic yes Um, that's the word of the year authentic (laughs) very authentic place i would love to take you to um, is called Super Maxi. Again, it's a little bit um, out. It's Italian. They didn't have it. They've been around for, I think, nearly 20 years. They didn't have an Instagram until about six months ago. So that's how, like, zero fucks they are. Like, Giovanni. Giovanni. I mean, isn't Instagram dying now anyway? I don't know because apparently TikTok's a place to be. I'm a bit behind with the times, but apparently. But well, well I'm, I'm not even popular. <laughs> Um, but Maxi, I think they've got the best pizza in Melbourne. Stop. I need a good pizza. We went out two weeks ago to a pizza place that had, like, generally I'd been there pre-COVID, really good pizza. I went there, it was fucking shit. It was so bad. It was like the base was good, sauce completely bland. Like, I get you use passata, but it was literally tasted like passata just out of the jar like no like a little bit of seasoning come on um we got a um a a pork sausage and mushroom I don't know 
salsicha thing. Looked like a little bit of mince on there. So I was like, so I get so pissed. Like, I'm like, why? I've been about for a week. My friends always say, why do you take it so personally? I'm like, because it's not hard. Like, it's not hard. If you have a pizza shop, make a decent pizza. Like, it's, it's really not hard. Yeah. And you've got Italians in the kitchen or something. I just, I was like, could we not skimp, you know, just make it really simple, but wow. And they used to do that. They used to have this amazing pizza. It was a nice base. Um, and then I can't remember, but it had like fresh mortadella on top, maybe a bit of fresh mozzarella or burrata. I can't remember. I don't think it was a burrata because that would ooze out a lot. Maybe it was fresh torn and it was epic. And then this time I was, Joe was like, I swear to God, my husband, he's like, fucking pizza hut was would would have been would have hit the spot better in my living room without my monkey children freaking climbing the wall I was like yeah I know and bad the last pizza that I went out for again place with a pretty good reputation though in other places crust was lovely um the quality of the prawns amazing like impressive but I was putting salt and pepper on it I'm like What's going on? No, what's going on? I'm putting salt and pepper. That's all I could access. I would have put lemon and a bit of chili and a whole lot of other things. But like, really, a pizza? Like, and an expensive pizza? Salt and pepper, dude. How many prawns did you get? Um, I'm still. I can't remember, but that wasn't a problem for me because they were really impressive prawns. Like, they were like really good looking juicy big prawns but you need chili with that you need a bit of like prawn with tomato on bread is not a vibe no no it need <laughs> needs a bit more come on yeah. give me something give me <laughs> that would give me nothing the dear souls <laughs> i just can't understand sometimes some places that i've been to lately where people are like it is epic it is amazing i'm like how I think we stayed in the city went to a place and um they had on the menu a charred cabbage which I was like yes sounds amazing with nuts and I think maybe raisins it was it, it was soggy you know it was soggy uh because obviously they pre-blanched it um before they charred it which makes sense but at the same time strain it properly um and so because it was soggy, the raisins had like rehydrated. So I was like eating grapes. And then the pasta was, I think like a crab meat pasta. And it was just, I couldn't see the crab pretty much like probably out of a tin, um, which I ain't hating at home, but in a restaurant where I'm paying $38 for a pasta. Yeah. Get me the real crab. Yeah. I think, yeah. People rave I- they rave about it, love it, froth over it. I'm like, you can. I mean, there's so many places people rave about, and I'm like, I just wouldn't. I would not eat there, and I try, and I'm like, no, I said I wouldn't eat there, and I still wouldn't eat there. But you know, you can go to a place and also have a bad night. Like, one, I've been to a restaurant in Melbourne 20 times. So excited, took an old boyfriend of mine one night. We rekindled after like 20 years, and I was like, I know exactly where we're going to go. I'm not going to say where it is. I know exactly where we're going to go. It's got the right lighting. It's got the right drinks. It's so on. And uh, I know we had the best night, but the food. Shit. Oh, we, oh my god! Like I actually complained at the end. The, the 
they were really busy. It was a public holiday. Uh, we just had um, we had a couple of like fun muscle kind of entrees and stuff that were okay. Um, but for Maine, we just had a, we shared a steak, uh, French fries, and a beautiful just green, green salad. I mean, the meat was unedible. The chips were like cold Macca's fries, and the salad was just leaves with vinegar and oil, which is fine. But the steak has to be edible, and the chips have to be. I've I've noticed that as well. A lot of places here will start off. Um being something and then they want to specialize in bistecca and a good and, and become like a steakhouse and I'm like for me I'm like I kind of feel like you need charcoal like you know like a really good um and I get the whole like it's nice rare but it's like it's still new um and like I don't know it was like but chewy but like it's chewy I'm like it should be buttery so either the quality shit or I just, I'm like, I feel like if you're a steakhouse, you're a steakhouse, but then, you know, but then you've got steak and then you've got random other meals. And I'm like, it just, I don't know. So that kind of puts me off. I know not to get the steak when I go there, but my husband's always like, oh, we'll try the steak. I'm like, you know, what's going to happen. You know, you know, you're going to hate it. Well, I was trying to be steak. I was like, that's a steak option. He's not very food creative as, as much as I am. So I was like, safe, great chips, salad, steak. Was that a yeah. sign? Was it a sign? No, no, no. It was, it was a really nice time. It was good. But, um, yeah, you know, the woman had said to me at the end of the night, like, how is your meal? And I said, do you really want to know? And she said, yeah. And I said, fucked. And she went, oh, my God. And she said, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. We've had the worst night here. It's just been a disaster. We've got new chefs. We're short staff, this and that. Oh, I, it's hard. I do feel bad when you hear that. But off the bill I'm like I didn't want I wasn't going to say anything I don't want a free meal but like that was like next level like I would have had a way better steak at a pub in a bad area yeah um, no, I'm so sorry come back I'm like I'll come back I'd come here all the time but that was have you gone back since or not I would I've been 20 times or something it's always great but um it's a bad night and that's what's hard because sometimes one night can really screw up a business which is really sad it, it it's it's hard I mean I think when we went out for dinner as well they were saying um like they're even now bidding for just the people that wash the dishes the the dish hand person like and they're up to like they'll even pay like 50 bucks per hour I was like fuck I'm in the wrong I'm in the wrong job 50 dollars an hour to just what I said to my husband I'm like I'm underpaid <laughs> Yeah, it's it's hectic. Every single place is screaming the same thing. They're still open. I don't know about in Sydney, but lots of them open shorter hours. Yeah, not public holidays not really open. It's not worth it for them. It's sad. It's it. Like what's what's the world coming to? Ten dollars for an iceberg lettuce. <laughs> and, okay. I don't know. So what about any Asian-ish kind of restaurants or Indian? I don't know. Do you eat Indian? I do eat Indian. Um, I love Indian. I, I don't really have anywhere kind of that I really any Indian. No, just like my local Indians. Yeah. Really good. It's always a good authentic, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, the one in the city of is it Tonka? Um, yeah, I think it's Tonka, which is like really like it's a bougie Indian restaurant. And do I want bougie Indian? No, nah, just want my tandoori chicken, which is probably, you know. Yeah. yeah, it's still a nice time. I mean, the food's 
lovely, but like I don't know, I, I don't connect the two. I, I, what about Asian? Um, well, the Bounty of the Sun, Japanese near me. Um, I still think the Long Grain and Long Song do a good job after all these years. Yeah, we had one here. No. Nothing. Um, I where else do I go for Asian in the city? I mean, there's all the obvious ones. There's your Lucy Lou, there's your Chin Chin, there's your Supernormal. Yeah, I heard Chin Chin's not amazing here in Sydney. Oh, yeah. um, it's I mean, not. In Melbourne, it was amazing. It's amazing there. Yeah. Um, where else would I go for Asian city? You know what I still think do a really great job? Cookie. Do you ever go to Cookie? Cookie's been around, like, feel like it was pre-Melbourne food scene. Like I'm talking like when you were a kid. Almost. Almost. Back in the days. Days. Uh, back in the disco days. Yeah, they were kind of like doing like a cool food scene before anyone. And they still, I still think it's got a great vibe, amazing Thai food. Um, yeah, I still think they do a great food. And then, you know, there's all your little Vietnamese places and good little pho. Do you like coriander or no coriander? Um, in Asian, yes, I do. I think um, is, yeah, it can really shift a dish. Well, I think your um, video is cut off. Um, one sec, my phone's ringing. Um, all right. Sorry, we just uh, we're both like getting phone calls randomly. <laughs> Hello, everyone. <laughs> back again. Back to programming. Um, anyway, I think we have pretty much given everyone itinerary. I'm going to ask you to probably write a list out for me so that I could put it in the show notes so that people could just. Yeah. Say, yep. 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 Um, I'm planning to come to Melbourne hopefully springish, just because I was so so disorganised this time of the year. Yeah. So we'll definitely meet. Other friends will meet and we'll go have a good meal together. <laughs> yeah. Lots of good ice cream here for this hot, gorgeous weather that we have in Melbourne. Yeah. How is your weather down there? I, I feel like Sydney's pretty fucking cold at the moment. It's pretty cold, but um, you just do what you've got to do. You get your oil heaters, you get your hot water bottles, you get your what you need you sleep in angora or like it's just wild i know i know thank you so much for coming on but do you want thank to let you. everyone know where they can find you and how um i will link up your website as well and um your handle handle is that what we call instagram now um below so if anyone want to have everyone wants to buy what we're wearing or have a browse i'll link it all up but um yeah let everyone know where they can find you um, so you can find me on Instagram at Anna Rossi Jewelry, or I have um, a website. Um, what is it? www.annarossijewelry.com and Rossi R-O-S-S-I. What part of Italy are you from? North? What? Yeah, my both of my grandparents are from the north. Where about in like Rome? No, 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 no. Higher, higher up than that. They're from a little town uh, near Treviso kind of near Venice, no. um, like tiny, like I'm talking, you know, town, like a few. Is that where you can buy the houses for like one euro? Yeah, 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 like they, they lived, I don't know, then sheds isn't the right word, stables, like they lived in, you know, like it was, there's nothing really there, um, still pretty amazing. 
Uh, Where are you from? What's your background? My mum is from Venezuela and my dad's from Syria, but my husband is Italian. Yes. So he's from um, Bari in Puglia. Yeah. The best. When they talk Italian, they always say, like, the Barizia, like, speak the Japanese in Italian. Like, just the dialect. I'm like, when I go, I'm like, I have no idea. Like, I watch some international movies and I don't, I just put, you know, subtitles on but I, I watch it and it's because the dub just irritates me um yeah. I can kind of understand some things because obviously mum like we spoke Spanish so I'd understand them when he'd speak I'm like your words are not even butchered like I can understand like but they're like, like it's a totally different freaking language here yeah. yeah I'm like if we go to Italy are you gonna be all right I think I've got to, <laughs> I've you got might. To, got to get on the bumble or something whatever it's called to like yeah no it's speak yeah, crazy can you speak italian or um a bit enough to kind of get me out of trouble or in trouble like hard when you went over there like could you like were people okay with english or maybe not so much uh, the oldies the young i don't know you get both in Italy. You get like, I mean, lots of people speak English, obviously, like probably more than less. But you know, you still do get the occasional Italian that just won't speak to you because you don't speak Italian. Same in Spain. I mean, you know, you just get that sometimes. The French, when, like that. they're like, we can speak, you know, English, but we're just not going to. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you get the odd really hardcore one where you're like, you're in my country, do it our way. It's like, oh, I'd love to speak fluent Italian, but can't. <laughs> <laughs> But most of them, I feel like more people, I feel like most people do, which is like we're so lucky to be able to speak English and travel and have that bonus. I mean, it's be so hard to have no, you know, be overseas in a country where no one could really support you with the language that you spoke. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Don't block me. Like. No. Oh, no, I've had some horrific experiences. Like, no. Horrible. Oh, God. Anyway. All right. Thank you. I'm going to stop Thank recording. You. Thank you for coming on and your tour of Melbourne guide. Um, yeah, really appreciate it. All no right. problem. I'll speak to you soon. Thanks. All right, ladies. Thank you so much for another episode. I hope you loved it. And if you did, please subscribe. You can also join the free Facebook community group, The Woo in Food, and find me over on Instagram at rosanos.casa. But until next episode, ciao, thank you, and take care.